Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Casual Criminalist, except this isn't actually an episode of The Casual Criminalist. This is my opportunity to give a plug to another podcast. Yes, that's right, but don't worry. Regular episodes of The Casual Criminalist will be coming. This isn't replacing any episodes. It's not, Simon, you think it's good enough? You just give us a plug and no episode this week? What? No, this is just in addition. The podcast I want to talk about is Sinisterhood. It's a true crime comedy podcast that covers all things creepy and gives you deep dives and thorough research. Yes, all of those good things. It's nice that it's comedy. It's uh, it's actually hosted by two comedians, Christine Wallace and Heather McKinney. And unlike me, they're actually funny. So that's nice. They dove into things like serial killers, disappearances, cults, cryptids, and even do legal deep dives on things like the Britney Spears conservatorship, which is wild. I don't understand how she's like, what, she's gonna be like 40-something, right? Maybe even older? Because Britney Spears was like a big deal when I was a young teenager. It's just wild that her dad seems to control her life. I don't get it. But if you do want to get it, Sinisterhood is the podcast for you. Also, the legal drama surrounding Erica Girardi from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. (laughs) Gotta say, don't know much about that one. Never seen the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. But uh, yeah, like I say, lots of stuff covered on Sinisterhood. And while you're listening, what should you do? Yes, subscribe to Sinisterhood via the link in the episode description on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you are listening to your podcasts. And now, I'd like you to hear a little bit from Sinisterhood, so I'm going to pass you over to them, and I'll be back soon with another episode of this show. But as we all know, you can never get enough podcasts, so over to Sinisterhood. Thanks so much for the intro. I'm Christy. And I'm Heather, and we're the hosts of Sinisterhood, a true crime comedy podcast that covers all things creepy. We bring you the deep dives on all the topics you desire, like serial killers, disappearances, cults, cryptids, Britney Spears' conservatorship, and Real Housewives' Erica Jane's legal woes. You're about to hear a clip from our coverage on the murders related to the Murdoch family of South Carolina. In our three-part coverage of the case, we discuss the multiple deaths that have been leaked to this powerful low country family. You'll also hear my explanation as a licensed attorney on civil and criminal repercussions facing the family's youngest son, Paul, after he killed a young woman in a boating incident. And that's only the beginning of our coverage on the family and all of its controversies. Thanks for checking it out, and keep it creepy. Alec and Randolph Murdoch arrived at the hospital where survivors were being treated. According to Connor's sworn deposition, as he was being wheeled to the x-ray machine to scan his broken jaw, Alec approached him. I was told for one by Alec Murdoch that I didn't need to tell anybody who was driving, that everything was going to be all right. I just need to keep my mouth shut and tell him I didn't know who was driving and that he's got me. Another witness overheard Alec on his cell phone, saying... She's gone. Don't worry about her. According to People magazine. At that point, Mallory had been missing a few hours. And so this is where we start to see on the scene, Anthony Cook is extremely distraught and he's screaming, you know, Paul was driving. He killed my girlfriend. The folks on the multiple times, multiple times, several officers have him confirm it multiple times. And you hear the audio of, yes, I got down on the the bottom of the boat. But the last thing I saw was him driving. They're like, and one of the officers goes, you sure Connor wasn't driving? And he says, no, sir. When if Connor was driving, I didn't see that. I got down on the bottom of the boat with my girlfriend because I was scared and we were going too fast. And the last thing I saw was Paul driving. So the cop is already trying to kind of plant the plant seed. the little seed of, are you sure somebody else wasn't driving? Yeah. 
And and that's the problem is you this is where reasonable doubt is planted the second it ha- I mean yep. the second that it's on the scene is you have a professional criminal prosecutor involved already who is able who knows based on years of experience and also his father or his you know family member who has years of experience in the legal um field who knows how to sow to plant and sow those seeds of reasonable doubt from the second that the investigation begins you you show up you tell all the kids we're gonna do like a he went this way like looney tunes kind of thing everybody's gonna go it was that one it was that one it was that one and if you all start pointing the finger at each other or we all say we don't know they can't prove beyond a reasonable doubt it was any of you guys so you guys will all be fine so it'll be fine Mm -hmm. yeah it's very telling that the first person Paul wanted to call was his grandfather, not even his yes. dad, his grandfather, because yep. he probably knew his dad was going to flip his shit. Maybe his grandfather would be a, a maybe I don't know, but but then he does call his dad, and and uh, Miley says in her deposition, like, well, he didn't want to call his dad, but then he decided to, and they're like, why do you think he called his grandfather and his dad? And she goes, well, you know, they're lawyers, so he wanted them to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. He knew like, as as soon as that happened that like I am fucked and I need to yeah. get my family here. One would say based on your actions, like if you weren't driving, you would say that's so crazy. This guy drove our boat. But if you know they're all going to finger me for driving, they know that I'm the one that did it. Sure, I'm going down for it. I got to call somebody. You know, that's would be my interpretation of that behavior. A week later, on March 3rd, 2019, Mallory's body was finally recovered in a marshy area near the Broad River boat landing, according to WJCL News. The coroner's report stated that Mallory had suffered a head injury from the crash and then drowned. Amy Dowd, a friend of Mallory's, told People magazine that Mallory was smart, kind, athletic, and loved the outdoors. At only 19, she had her entire future ahead of her and was deciding on where she wanted to go to college. According to Amy, she had a perfect future ahead, like a happily ever after. It's sad. Her body was recovered by two good Samaritans yes. who were out. Just they said they just wanted to help, and they went out in their boats and 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 looked for her and happened to find her. And you know, that's that. I think that speaks to the good of the community mm-hmm. that they knew a mom, a, you know, a family was missing their girl, and they wanted to go out and try to help. The nine one one call of that is very sad. They mm-hmm. are very shaken up, and yeah, I I think it's one of those things like you go out and you want to help, but you probably don't anticipate that you're going to be the one to find her, and it's mm-hmm. very obviously upsetting and disturbing when you do. Yeah, even if you say, I'm ready for it, I'm going to do it, yeah. I mean, it's still heart-wrenching. Yeah. On March 29th, Mallory's mother, Renee, filed a civil lawsuit in Hampton County. The suit named the owners of both the convenience store where Paul had obtained alcohol and the bar that they had been drinking at, as well as Christy and James Wood, the couple who hosted the party at their home where the teens had been drinking. Paul's older brother, Buster, was also named in the suit for allegedly allowing Paul to use Buster's ID to buy alcohol. Paul's dad, Alec, and Paul's grandfather were named in the suit as well both individually and as trustees to the presumably large family trust that holds the family's land, known as the island. The complaint alleged that they knew or should have known 
that the island was being used for teens to illegally consume alcohol. Mallory's mom removed Paul's grandfather, Luther's restaurant, and the woods from the lawsuit in May of 2019. So why would you remove those people and not um, others? Either you settled or you, through discovery, have found that you cannot sustain a viable claim against them. So we, you can see that he was actually using Buster's ID, but you can't prove that they knew that the kids were drinking at the party, necessarily. Correct. It could be something like that. And it could be, uh, like, the restaurant, you know, it could be... Uh, I mean, they have they have footage showing that they checked their IDs, so technically they did their job. Yeah, and you could, the, you know, maybe the restaurant says we have this insurance policy and we'll pay you out or not. Or you say, yeah. well, based on the law and the South Carolina and the precedent cases that come before in order to prove dram shop, you have to have A, B and C and you really only have A and B. And so you have to, you know, drop the case against them. On April 18th, 2019, Paul Murdoch was indicted by a grand jury on three felonies. One.